Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the Iffy Market Podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. The Iffy Market Podcast is brought to you by Mountaintop Data, and uh, I'm your host, Sky Cassidy. And today we'll have on Chala Dinkoy. Uh, she'll be speaking about elevator pitches. Um, Chala is the CEO and founder of The Repositioning Expert and helps companies change their messaging to attract more customers. She's a marketing consultant, the author of Gentle Marketing and How to Win Friends the Way Apple Wins Customers. She's also a regularly featured expert on networks such as ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, as well as a popular speaker at international conferences or was a popular speaker at international <laughs> conferences. Thank you. <laughs> thanks a lot. I, I guess I'd say. So thanks for joining us today, Chala. Did I get your name right? You sure did. And I love it that, uh, you know, you um, can use, I didn't know you could swear. I love it. That was mm. your part of your introduction. I actually got, I was, I was on a mompreneur one yesterday and it's in there like clause that you can't. It's hilarious. Oh. Yeah, that was no, hard for me. We love swearing in context. Um, <laughs> Lovely. We don't, we don't go full Gary V and just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gary V. <laughs> I I say um instead of dropping f bombs. He drops oh, f bombs instead yeah. of saying um. um uh, I don't know what's worse. But I'd trade spots with him. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. swear away, swear away. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. Um, sure. Whether it's okay to swear in elevator pitches. Yes. It wasn't oh, one it of my questions, but. I know. <laughs> so the topic today, elevator pitches. Elevator pitches yes. that wow buyers. Um, yes. I love this topic. It sounds like sales though, and we're a marketing podcast. And yeah, when, I know. When you were first put in front of me, I was like, well, we don't, we don't really do sales unless there's a marketing angle. And then I realized, oh wait, an elevator <laughs> pitch. That's what marketing's putting out there all the sure. time. What's sure. the first line in your everything yeah. marketing? Yeah, the, the delineation to me between sales and marketing, and I don't know what you think about this, but it's everything that happens with the prospect up until the question, how much is it, is marketing. <laughs> After that question, it's sales. Right, and there's a ton of overlap, or at least there should be, in the messaging and everything else because it's the same product and everything. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. the elevator pitch that the marketing person gives and the salesperson give are pretty similar. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, it's, it's a great point. There's so much, um, it's, the bigger the company, there's so much disparity between sales and marketing. When I worked at Pepsi, the first thing they do as a management trainee is they toss you into one of their cars with, with the logo on it and you go out on sales. So I did like six months of sales in Pepsi. You have to do it. Like they won't Selling let you. Pepsi? Like you go into yeah, a convenience like the, store with just a case under your arm and <laughs> Practically. I mean, I was in the on-premise business, which is the pouring, right? The, the, uh, so that was restaurants and venues. So, but it was still, you had to, that was a tank business. Like you had to carry tanks in there. I mean, I didn't do the distribution. I did the sales, but anyway, it's like we hated each other. I mean, at any company, sales and marketing just, but yet when you get it right together and there's so many stats around that is like, it just, huge growth right your, your team if they're fighting with each other like yeah. how's this supposed how's this supposed to work i, I want to do the where, same thing yeah, yeah i wonder where if you go back when did sales and marketing start fighting and why were they pitted against each other on purpose was it just natural because they were overlapping in separate departments well have, have you ever done sales like field uh, yeah. sales oh yeah, yeah i've done sales. well not our company was never really field so thank god i cannot stand trying to sell people face to face that scares the oh, hell yeah. out of me but <laughs> oh yeah 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I know why they hate each other. It's because sales considers themselves in the front line of the war and mm. the marketing is the armchair generals. Ah, and they're in so, the rear with the gear yeah. and they're all, yeah. <laughs> and then marketing is the, they consider themselves the brains and mm. they're considering that the, the feet are not walking fast enough or they're not walking right. in the right direction. So that's the disconnect. And I have no, like, yeah, I, I mean, I know how to fix it for, you know, my level of company, but at the, when it's a problem at a higher level, that's like a culture thing. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're talking about sales and marketing integration. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. That's a so, different guest, man. <laughs> yep. Back to the elevator pitch. Yes. Actually, okay. You know what? Let's go back, back before the elevator pitch. Okay. Me getting your name right. I don't want to, I want to keep <laughs> letting people know. I don't always get the name wrong. Um, I gave you a quick intro. Is there anything else people should know about you? other than your love of Kindle and, and <laughs> fitness and diving, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I love, um, I, I'm just really passionate about uh, niching because whenever I hear messaging that is generic, you know, when you have a pet peeve or is there something you do really well, Sky, like golfing or something? Um, well, some I do really well. Yeah. I mean, I like expanding people's, horizons and making them better at what they do in all ways and in all means and everybody's happy and love. I think that's what and, you mean when you're talking about the general message where you're like, what the hell is the product? And I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, so exactly. You're, you have this confused look on your face where the audience is like, yeah. what the hell is he talking Exactly. Confused minds. But yeah. the, the, the point of it is if you're really good at something and you're watching somebody else botch it, it's like trying, like, it's like nails on a chalkboard and, um, you know, when I graduated coach school, I was still, I still worked at Bic, which is like a pen company. I mean, they do lighters and, and shavers too, but did, I. Did you just jump around and say, what's the, the most commodity thing I can possibly yeah, yeah, sell? Exactly. <laughs> well, the thing is, um, uh, you would think so. You would, it, it was becoming commoditized, but it, it's a huge brand. Like brand awareness of Bic pens is 99%. Oh yeah. If you're going to sell a commodity, make sure it's the yeah. one with a massive brand. Yeah. Then you yeah. won. You won already. Exactly. And that's why like, it's one of those Kleenex words, you know, that are using generic words. Yep. But um, so after um, I graduated from coach school, I thought, oh, I'm going to have my own business and make a lot of money, but I was starving. And then, <laughs> cause there's lots of other coaches starving. And then I decided to niche into marketing and again, too generic, but business started to pick up. Then I niched into niching because everybody says, oh, you have to have a niche, but nobody knows how to find you one. So I became a niching coach. And then I even super niched into elevator pitches. Um, and because there was such a huge need, have you ever been to a mass pitch, like a mass pitching? Yeah. And I have to say, um, I don't know if everybody's terrible or if it's just the pressure into the moment. I'm sure I've <laughs> been terrible. If I actually, somebody just today, I'll give you my elevator pitch and it will be terrible. Uh -huh. And I'll be like, I swear I have a good one set in the back of my mind, but put under pressure, you're going to, you're going to choke. It's always terrible. Yeah. Maybe you're, maybe you're right, but I've listened to them for years and years. And I really do think, I mean, and, and it's, this is in my ad copy that when you ask a business owner like yourself, what do they do for a living? They go into this trance and repeat what they've known and they've been repeating for literally some of them decades. Right. And so in this pitch uh, context where I, I speak at procurement conferences, where it's literally a matchmaking dating between 
businesses and they're pitching each other nonstop. So imagine there's a buyer from Staples and 10 small businesses like ours around the table and they all have to introduce each other and compete for the attention of that buyer. And then if the buyer likes what your pitch is, they ask for your card. Oh, so this isn't just like a networking event. Um, Oh, no. This is the added pressure of you're going to make your, your sales quota for the year. Exactly. (laughs) And so it's like a, a, it's procurement conference. So guess what happens most of the time? I'm not even going to try to guess. You got nothing, nothing. That's (laughs) what happens. Nobody's asking for any, like three out of four of those conversations and just business owners in general, never get asked for a business card or an appointment after they do their elevator pitch. And what I do is I fix what they're saying so that every hello turns into, can we meet you? How much does it cost? Right. So that's my elevator pitch. People have been listening this long. And one thing you've been saying, niching a lot. Mm, um, yeah, my favorite one topic. Difficult word to say properly. I feel like you say it 10 <laughs> times, it's going to be a completely different word by the end. For marketing, probably a more common word that we use is micro-targeting. Yeah, I like that too. And, and you know, segmenting your target market. Getting back again to the, I've been frustrated in the past looking at a website and not being able to tell what the company even does. What do we do? We we make your business better. Okay. You make my business better. Have a nice day. Um, (laughs) I make you happier. Yeah. I still don't know what your product is. I still don't know anything about anything. Um, So the micro-targeting getting down to, you know, we provide data and related data services, Mm -hmm. but maybe in our pitch, we would focus specifically either on one type of data for one target market um, or on data appending or email appending even even more niche or data cleaning or or basically at least pick one product, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can niche down farther and farther and farther from there. Is that the general idea? Yeah, it's the idea except one change. Okay, here's the formula for the perfect elevator pitch. You ready? Got a pen. Yeah. Okay. So first you're a target, but in B2B, I want you to pick an industry. Okay. So company size does not matter to me because industry self uh, gather in their own events, their own spaces there, there, you just can find a, an mm-hmm. orgy of them. That's what I want. An orgy of prospects. <laughs> That's going on the magazine that cover. <laughs> going on the magazine. They're going to think it's a different kind of magazine. <laughs> They're going to be disappointed. And then the second part of the elevator pitch is what problem you solve. So starting with what you're talking about is what, what product line you can talk about. Instead, I would rather you talk about the problem that you, that product line solves. So pick one really expensive problem that any of those solves and then for that target, I like that. That's Not just a problem. A really pick an expensive problem. <laughs> and, and persistent. Right. Expensive and persistent. Like think like a wart. <laughs> so that's it. And then and you just you can add how how you do it. Like we do Wait, it through that's a two step formula. It's through well, the third is how you help them, right? Ah. So so in my elevator pitch, so for example, so no, let's do yours. Let's do yours. Okay, so oh. give me give me an industry that you would love to double your size in, double your presence in. Let's say um, marketing agencies. Okay, perfect. Then um, what is the n- most expensive problem you can solve for them? 
most expensive problem most by most expensive you mean makes us the most money or saves them the most no money? So, like they're literally losing money right now yeah it saves them okay oh so i was thinking losing. when you said expensive i was thinking what's your most expensive product and pitch that one no you're talking, you're it's talking their about, problem yeah we're right. talking about their problem so talk their to me biggest about what, pain point yeah that yeah. you can solve what is it and think about all the products that you can possibly sell to them that solves every single different problem they have but what is the number one Mm, is it retention? Is it client retention? Is it new client attraction? Is it uh, not being able to service their clientele properly? And so they're leaving. Like what is, it's usually attraction or retention or, yeah, or I'd say probably yeah. when email lead generation for their clients, those campaigns. So for their clients. Yeah. So what happens if they fail at that? Right. Yeah. They're going to lose the client. I mean, yes. it's the difference between keeping and losing the client. Right. So, so this is what your elevator pitch could be. Um, and this is just the first part of it. Uh, and you could say, did you know that, you know, and you would have to do the research to find out, but like nine out of 10 or eight out of 10 agencies lose clients because they don't, they don't know how to do their data or they lose clients because uh, the data doesn't bring them new traffic. Right. I'd say they can't generate email leads. Okay, great. Yeah. Be, uh, they lose clients because they can't generate email leads. So what we do to help them is what? What do you do? All right. Well, we provide the data and the email um, delivery, cam email campaign delivery, basically. The hard part to set up for clients here and there and there and there. So you work with marketing agencies to do that? You don't... Our you company does sell. that in-house. We will manage people's campaigns for them. So we will provide the data and send out their creative to the target audience. Um, so for agencies, it's a lot of work for each client to set up those kind of cold lead generation campaigns. Got it. Because um, frequently they're, it's a one-off run. Maybe a company is doing a webinar and they want to promote it. Setting something up and sending cold emails is, is very difficult to get it to actually deliver and work well and done right. So I think a lot of them struggle with that for their clients. Perfect. So that's what you're talking about. So it literally is that they're losing clients. And when, in, in the, um, when you work with me, we do a research where we find that out. Like we talk to 10 people and they tell us like maybe eight of them or seven of them say, yes, this is this problem. And it costs us this much. It just, you know, costs us on average $5 million a year. So then right. you're, you're, literally what you're saying in your elevator pitch is um, where we help the eight out of 10 marketing agencies who are losing clients because they can't provide uh, the right leads or enough leads. A really important thing that you, that mm -hmm. you brought up there um, in case people didn't notice it, you're not just like I came up with something and said, I think this is a problem these agencies have, but to come up with a, with, with your, with your pitch, your elevator pitch, and then go out and pitch it and have people say, not interested. And you find out, oh, it's because you didn't do the market research and the yeah. problem you think you're solving isn't a problem yeah. for them. Um, so don't 100%. just come up with something that sounds good. You have to actually do the research and make sure, is this a problem? Yeah. Is this the main problem? Yeah. That's a very good catch. Like that is exactly what we do because most people don't know how to do strategy. And if you, like, if I had launched line extensions and products when I worked at um, 
you know, all these companies, they would have fired me if I went up to Pepsi and said, I think your new line extension should be, you know, <laughs> I'm guessing it should be to 15 to 25 year olds. Right. Like they would have fired me. So I learned Well, they'd there, say why and you'd say, I don't, it seems like the right thing. And then, well, now you got to, now you're fired. Yeah, 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 exactly. It seems like, so, but I was shocked when I went out and met you guys, like you, meaning small businesses, everybody's throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to figure it out on their own. They're, they right. don't understand strategy. They don't know how to find it. And so that's who I help is those people who want to do it strategically. So the spaghetti, I would say there's two strategies here for the uh, elevator pitches and both of them work just at different levels. There's the market uh -huh. research strategy where you come up mm -hmm. with maybe, I think this is the problem. You go mm -hmm. out and look to validate it or even mm -hmm. go out, do market research, find out what the big problem is. And then that's what we pitch. do. Bingo. Yeah. But the spaghetti at the wall strategy, if you come mm -hmm. up with 20 elevator pitches <laughs> and you just try them all for a year and see which one worked best. I mean, couldn't you find out the problem through just throwing money at it that way in time? You know, in some cases, no. And in some cases it would take a very long time. So and a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of money. So the thing is, because the, the research, is, it has to be done apples to apples. It has to be uh, asked in a certain way. Because, I mean, I paid for millions of dollars of research when I worked for these big companies through the years. I learned the whole research methodology. And if you don't, every single question that we ask on the process that I give to my clients has like a, a strategic meaning and value. And you can't, like, no, if... If you're going to build a house and an architect is doing the drawing, you can't just give it to the gardener and ask him to do the same drawing. So I'm the architect of a, a strategy of a business. You can't just give that to an SEO expert or a web designer and say, hey, what do you think we should target and who should be our niche and what's the pain point? Could we guess at it? And then yeah. how are we going to price it? And what words are we going to say in our you know, marketing? So it's it's... It's hard to convey to people who don't come from a strategic or even corporate background. The guest-based business. You don't see a lot of yeah. those out there. And you don't see a lot of them out there for a reason. It's really, it's rare that um, you, you make a guess at what's best and you get it right. So generally the businesses yeah. that have a proper process are going to win, not the guest-based business. Yeah. And it's, it breaks my heart when people are trying like year after year after year, Sky, it's, like they're, they're still trying, you know, and, and they'll come to a workshop and they'll try it on their own. And they'll, you know, they'll go to another workshop and they'll try that on their own. And they never really commit to investing in their business. And luckily, I don't work with that level of um, business owner anymore. I mean, I, I work with established businesses who understand what investing in right. strategy does for their business. I mean, um, like one of my clients, uh, I don't know if I told you about them when we were chatting earlier, it was an IT support company. When somebody tells you they do IT support, your eyes roll to the back of your head and boredom. Everybody does IT support. So hey, we- Might as well say you sell data or something like that. It's yeah, terrible. Like you guys, yeah. <laughs> and so we super niche them into something called On Hold Rescue. And it's for healthcare call centers. They reduce the wait time. Hell yeah. Like, you know, and they made $805,000 in their first quarter selling that. Yeah. Um, I hear IT support. I hear SEO. I hear data. I hear yeah. all these things where I'm like, if, if you want a big recognizable brand, in which case then you're charging, you know, a hundred times more than the other people. Yes. I just assume you're a snake oil salesman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause there's just so much of that out there. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I always say like, people always ask me, Chala, can I be a specialist in this and this? And I'm like, well, would you go to somebody who says they're a gynecologist and a podiatrist? <laughs> Wouldn't you be a little nervous? Would you ever, t you know, take your clothes off for that person? I heard you have a dental appointment later today. Exactly. Is, I, is that person also your mechanic? I mean, why not kill two birds exactly, with one stone? Right? Why not? <laughs> yeah. So the, the niching, the targeting, interesting. I've heard people's theories out there that, you know, your elevator pitch should be more about your why and stuff like that, which seems like exactly the opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> you I, know, like, I, like... <laughs> I like yours much better. I like it when I know when somebody gives me a 10 second pitch, what their company even does do, other yeah. than love puppies. Like yeah. that doesn't help me. You know, especially in the zoom world, I don't know if you've been to the new sort of networking where like you're thrown into a zoom breakout room, if that's ever happened to you. And then you're like with five other people and you have 10 minutes and there's a timer and then everybody has to introduce themselves and then puppies and you know, all that where they're from and how many children they have instead of saying what they really do to help someone it's times out after 10 minutes the people who didn't get to go too bad for them you're shot into another room and then you do it all over again and then 10 minutes so you're shot into another so that sounds terrible why would i do that, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's networking dude it's networking and i got a lot of business from it because mine mm -hmm. is like sharp in, in oh. your face, right? I mean, it makes it so important to be so concise with what you're saying, for, you know. Right. Yours sounds fine, but the other people vomiting, like, yeah. What, yeah, what no, they didn't get them, us. Yeah. Them, yeah, uh, they didn't get out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's very nice, right? I'm sure yeah. it's very important to them, but it doesn't convey, especially B2B. Maybe B2C, it's different. They're probably great people, but. Again, if I'm looking to have an IT problem solved, how does that solve my IT problem? Yeah, Why yeah. should I give a crap about what your hobbies are? Like, <laughs> can, you, can you fix the, the freaking internet or not? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a place and time for that, um, you know, bonding, but it's not the first seven seconds or whatever, the 30 seconds. I wrote a book about how to make anyone like you in seven seconds. I was telling you about it. Um, it's, it's all about... Um, getting it getting out something about them i thought it was just gonna be money because that's what i just <laughs> hand them a 20 dollar yeah. bill that's how i say hello <laughs> no, you know what <laughs> I, there was research that said that people would rather talk about themselves more than if they were offered money or even chocolate oh okay yeah yeah i see that money or food i, mean, I love no. talking about me so <laughs> yeah but it was like it's not just you so that's what like if you're ever meeting someone that's what that's what the elevator pitch is. That's why I wrote that book. It's because right. it's about them. Um, did I tell you about the, we talked so long in our pre-call that I feel like I talked to you like about everything, but I know, I know. Why didn't we just hit record on that? I know we should have. <laughs> so I did a pitch sort of contest. I was a, a, a guest um, critic, I guess like, a, so a big uh, company hired me, a, huge consumer packaged goods and they had 10 women pitching to them and I was a fly on the wall and I had to then they paid me that this consumer packaged goods CPG paid me to critique the pitches so this one woman couldn't speak English 
I don't know if I told you from another country. You did, but for the listeners, say right, right. So I, in my opinion, she was the best, and I could not understand a word she said. And the reason why is because she opened up her Zoom, shared her screen, and the first minute, the first you know five seconds, she started right away talking about a picture. She put a picture of their brand on her uh, local you know Amazon website, and then she showed a brand that's similar not a CPG, but, you know, motor oil, I think it was, and what she was showing was um, diapers. And then she showed how she improved the sales by a couple of hundred percent by the marketing tactics that she employed on the second page. So literally she didn't, she just showed the, you know, what she did. She didn't even have to say anything. And thank God, because I didn't understand her, (laughs) but she was, she got so many questions and she got so much time. And then everybody else who started talking about themselves, Sky, dead air. Nobody cared. Wait, people wanted to improve profits, not to know how much you love kittens. Exactly. How is that possible? That's, a, yeah. that's amazing. And we're that's talking amazing. about these are procurement managers of a multinational, multi-billion dollar. I mean, they've seen it all. Interesting. Interesting. So I, I want to jump to a quick break, but before we get there, it seems like there's some other important things to cover, some other details around elevator pitches, like saying the right thing is important, but what about body language? What about, you mentioned you couldn't understand what she was saying even. Yeah, didn't matter. But still the best pitch. So what about an elevator pitch where the other person can't hear you because you're in a loud room or you have a bad phone connection? So it doesn't matter what the content of your pitch is if you're leaving a voicemail. I remember back in the day with Vonage, I was working remotely in sales and I was leaving a bunch of voicemails and then I heard one back and I realized none of these people can tell what I'm saying. I'm giving this elevator pitch. None of them oh can tell God. what I'm saying because the phone connection's so bad it's constantly cutting oh in and out. Oh my God, that's horrible. So it doesn't matter even if your message is good if it doesn't get to them. Well, no kidding. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. I mean, body language, mm. even on Skype or, you know, this Zoom, it's all about a smile. <laughs> <laughs> right? I watched Hamilton last night and I oh. love uh, Aaron Burr's uh, Talk Less, Smile More. Uh, <laughs> I actually wrote, I was like, yes, I got to do that. Talk Less, Smile More. <laughs> Put that on the wall, man. He may not be the hero in the show, but that's a good advice. (laughs) Smile goes a long way. I don't know what it is. I'm going to have to, uh, I got to write that down now here for your episode. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to smile more. more. You're going to be like, and that's why I'm going to the dentist, Sky. Ah. (laughs) Oh, so that's a business write-off for you if you say, I wish. Part of my job. I I wish. I wish. It would have been like white. White her. (laughs) So the other aspects around it, the details like, you know, being able to be heard, the visuals, your body language, that kind of stuff. How much do those play in? I mean, like here, here's another uh, stat is apparently like they did a uh, analysis of TEDx talks and the ones that were best liked were the ones where people used their hands a lot. So they were downloaded way more than people who did not use their hands. So animation, like high, high level energy. The other thing that I learned, I've done TV training. I was like on 19 
television shows. And the one thing is like, you have to be a spaz on camera. Yeah. You, like high, high, high energy. Like most really. people have another personality, right? They, I've had people yeah. try, like, Oh, you need that you, for your podcast. Yeah, you, you need, need more to- of a like morning zoo. Like, come on, Jenna, yeah. tell me what's going yeah. on here. You got you have some with an elevator pitch. Yeah. <gasps> go, go, go. Oh my but, God. Uh, some people you have to think, is it self-selecting where you get this crazy personality in this position or more frequently, I think people kind of have this extra get pumped up, amped up. You're going to go out and give a motivational speech. You can't be uh, Ben Stein, like not a great salesperson there. <laughs> I think the whole idea is that the camera apparently sucks your energy. So it t- tones it down. So even if you think you're being a spaz, you're not. So we're mm. probably like, I don't know what we're registering as dead or, you know, cause we're being normal. Right. <laughs> so it's like stage makeup. You have to put on extra yes, makeup. Exactly. So, so that people in the back can see it kind of thing. But yeah, apparently. So when giving your elevator pitch, should you should amp it up a little bit, like hey, give yourself some extra energy kind of. If you're on camera, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. In, in person, you may want to avoid spraying them. <laughs> <laughs> but don't but, like put your hands behind your back or in your pockets yeah, or close there's your so eyes. Much. Yeah, like there's so much. I mean, you just got to practice it. And that's what, you know, that's what I was telling you about the going into a trance, right? People go into a trance and we're going to talk about all this. And I, I don't know if this is going to go out in time for the 13th, right? The July 13th. Yes. This is going to be our right. quickest turnaround ever, I think. Yes. I'm so appreciative. So we're going to teach everything about elevator pitches in a live format where I'm going to try to be a spaz for nine days in a row. <laughs> I'm going to be, right. and it's like at eight in the, at night, right? So nine like days. How nine much days. Is, we're trying to cover this in less than an hour. You're going to do nine days? <laughs> no, no. It's pitches? 45 minutes every <laughs> night. Okay. Yeah. Like, no, it's, what, what, <laughs> what is this? A reality show? No, no. No, no, no. It's it's just forty five minutes of little nuggets. Just after dinner, mm-hmm. in your case, if after your breakfast. But uh, it's going to be uh, about one: how to find your target; two: how to find your specialty. Uh, night number three is going to be how to message it. Night number four is going to be how to put it all together, and night number five is going to be how to do it like a celebrity, how to pitch like a celebrity. Damn. Yeah, and then there's bonuses, and there's lots and lots of more stuff because it's nine days right that's that's awesome and uh i know about that because i saw it and signed up for it already i'm yay. looking forward to it yay um, well don't forget to ask me the link otherwise everyone's gonna be all yeah teeth. yeah we'll get i've got the link yeah, yeah. um is that the repositioner slash boot camp or is that a different yes. one? yes yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. And that'll be in the show notes for everybody. By the way, we're not going to take a break. We don't have time for any breaks. No here. breaks. We don't yeah, need a breaks. break. We're superstars. We're yeah. <laughs> you think Oprah takes a break? So pushing through, if anybody's wondering, when is that commercial break coming? I'm dying for a commercial break. Come on. <laughs> I, didn't, I never even heard of a commercial break <laughs> on a podcast. Um, so how long should an elevator pitch be i mean the average elevator oh, ride short. let's say you're oh, going short it's a four-story yeah. building oh short like elevator ride yeah. yeah so let me let me give you some to give you an example of how to flip them i don't know um if this is going to be helpful but so an um a client who was an ad agency you work with them right they they would say like oh we're an ad agency who does strategy and design and then we flipped it to i flipped it by working with them on their niching uh, to we help get leads online for food service manufacturers 10 times faster than your sales staff. Hell yeah. So, you know, like you would be like, yeah, 
sign me up. And then if you're here's a food enough. service manufacturer, but let's say they also worked mm -hmm. with um, software as a service companies. Just swap that in there, right? Yeah. I, so here's like, I get that asked all the time, right? They're like, Chala, we work with way more than just one industry, but this is a super niche. So yeah. it's just for a limited period of time and for however long you want to keep it. And it's concentrated in their world. So you would not be saying that to everyone. You would not be saying that right. to somebody in another industry. Right. But if you're talking to somebody in another industry, you better have one about their pain yeah. and about everybody else's pain. Like, but the whole idea of people hiring me and then getting lots of money is because we make a whole plan around that super niche during the six months. Like that's why, because, and it works because it's all like everything, you know, all the eggs in that one basket for six months. Right. It's like, I mean, you're going to make a, a podcast or a magazine or something like our, our show is not about marketing. It's about B2B marketing. Mm -hmm. um, we could get more niche, but at some point we have to have more than one listener. Um, I'm talking to you, mom. <laughs> but you're, you're, we're getting niche with, with the industries here. You can swap yeah. them in and out. If you're going to have uh, make a magazine and people say, what's it about? You can't say everything. Like nobody wants to read yeah. a magazine about everything. No. I'm sorry, but be National Geographic or be about something specific that the people are interested yeah. in. I always say for, for um, both sales and marketing people, if you're walking along the sidewalk and there's one of those sidewalk vendors with their table of, of purses and they're saying like uh, the cheap purses, get your purses. You don't even look twice at them. But if you love a particular brand of purse, and you're walking along and they name off that brand and they say, we've got boom, you're going to stop and look because that's your niche. That's what you're interested in. And that's the difference between the niching you're talking about, the, the target, yeah. the segmentation of your marketing, the, the, um, you know, the micro targeting is you go from too generic. I'm not interested. You're one in a million voices yeah. to, Oh, now yeah. you're talking to me. That's right. And you're talking about my pain. So you must understand my pain. You must be able to fix my pain. Mm -hmm. um, listen to this one. We're a translation company who works with governments and agencies and all industries. Like how kitchen sink is that? Like everything but the kitchen sink. And then we super niche them into, yeah. Right. They should put in the brackets for, and just say, <laughs> insert industry name here. Instead yeah, yeah, of all just industries. everyone. Like, yeah, just, we do everything for everyone. Form like how fill generic, at least. <laughs> exactly, like so generic. And how many translation companies are there in the world? A lot. Right. Um, so we super niche them into, do you know when marketing agencies need fast translation of other languages like Punjabi and Cantonese? Well, we'll translate it in a week rather than a month, like the industry standard. So that right, became, right. so they became known as the fastest translators of other languages because yep. everybody like, majority of translation companies here in Canada do English and French. Pain point, so, the amount of time it takes yeah. to translate. And, and that people can't find other. So the world is increasingly doing multicultural marketing. And so that the super niche lend, led to in, an interview series with uh, CMOs about um, multiculturalism in marketing. So she, you know, would do interviews with them and she would sell like crazy to them. So she would hook them with the other languages. And then they, once she was in, she would cross sell all of her translation. That's awesome. Yep. I think that yeah. is the, the main takeaway for this episode. And now I understand why you love niching so much. Yeah. In my company, we love micro-targeting and trying yeah. to enable micro-targeting through data for people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so great stuff. I want to get back to this uh, July um, 13th. Yeah. Monday. July, yeah. July 13th through 17th. Um, 21st. Through 21st. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the core yeah. of training, but there's bonuses, man. Nine days, Sky. Nine days. Nine. You'll wow. be like, um, you know, you'll be probably like going on with your life. I'll still be there, but you'll be with me if you're in the boot camp. I'll be there. And something that I want to do from what we're talking about, if, if you'll let me, is I would love to turn around a campaign and send out, promote this by email for you immediately. Oh, I would love that. That is so sweet. That's the pitch. That's the pain point. To. I'm saying you this want more people coming to that? Great. We'll have an email out in, in one day to oh your target audience God. promoting this. There's, a, I, there's I my elevator pitch. I can't even imagine how big your list is. Must be. Um, yeah, our, our verified U.S. data is about 50 million contacts. B2B? Uh, no, just business contacts as anybody employed in the U.S. Right. Um, but do you have a segmented B2B business owner one? Yes. Oh, yeah. We can oh. segment down to any industry by, by all kinds. I mean, that's what we do is data. So company yeah, yeah, size. Yeah, I know. But, so how, how big is your B2B list? Do you know? Oh, off the top of my head, no. It, yeah. it, it also true. depends on what a company considers because B2B isn't a specific industry. There's no SIC. No, 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 exactly. So, so how do you do it? It's a combination of target businesses. You even get to something like software and you say, is that B2B or B2C? Depends on the software company. Some That's are right. both. Some um, are both, yeah. So, so how do you do it? It's a squishy target, I'd say. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I'd love it if I could click off on LinkedIn, you know, B2B. Uh, that people must pay you a lot of money to have a list like that. I wish they'd pay more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, work with me and we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll get you super niched. I, th I feel like we forgot that we're recording a podcast right now. And now I know, but we always do. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've like, you're like my long lost brother or something. We've, we've had, this is our second conversation and uh, we're just and suddenly just, straight like, yeah. into casual conversation. Always. <laughs> All right, I want to, we're getting close to the end here. All right. I know I tried to tell people earlier we're going to take commercial and we didn't. We're actually going to end though um, soon. So I want to make sure we cover any last things outside of, of niching, of micro-targeting in, mm -hmm. these, in these pitches. And we, hand, we covered a handful of other things, but are there some major um, kind of do's and don'ts you could give people for, you know, maybe not something as specific as niche down to a vertical, you know, those three mm -hmm, things, mm -hmm. pick an industry. What's the problem you solve? How do you solve mm -hmm, it? Okay. Mm -hmm. But what are areas where people accidentally screw up? Um, you know, do they accidentally drop an F bomb or not drop an <laughs> F bomb during their pitch? Like, <laughs> Little dumb or genius things you can do to help your pitch. So this used to happen a lot. And that's a great question that when I got pitched and, you know, like I bought services for 18 years for very uh, giant companies, very sexy um, brands. And these giant agencies would come in or vendors of anything and they would assume they knew my pain and it was either wrong or they, they, like, and they just kept making the presentation. They built, they would build the presentation on their assumptions of my pain and it would be wrong. And it just would put our backs up and it would get, it would be very wrong. So now what I teach my clients is one source and tell them where you got that information. So at least they can, even if it's wrong, they can just look at the work that you did so they can understand that you can think strategically, even if you sell cars or even if you sell 
you know, toilet paper, whatever, so that you can link it to me and what's going on in my world and my market and my right. brand. So you'd say, instead of just saying one in 10, blah, 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 you'd say, according to consumer reports, yeah, but the, but the latest study specific, from XYZ. Or say specifically, now, even if you can't find any specific information about that brand, talk about the industry. You can find information about the industry. Um, we used to find information about the um, company by, if it was a consumer brand, we'd go count the shelves, huge, mm. huge tell about, uh, you know, market share. And then we would ask. <laughs> I've got like, something to throw in here. Coronavirus, but, when you, when this all first broke out and the shelves and the, and the stores were, were um, oh, yeah. almost empty. empty. When you yeah. go in and you'd see one product that nobody touched, I was just like, oh, this company's dead. I'm sorry, but there's a single brand of macaroni and cheese that has that's untouched here. That's a problem. Something's wrong. <laughs> I know. No, but don't knock it. You know, I have bought brands of things that like some brands grew like incredibly. We had, there was a flour shortage. Did you have flour like to bake. Oh I yeah, don't know yeah. like white happened, flour. Right? No, yeah, it was yeah. gone. It was there was gone. a huge right. So all of a sudden, uh, at our nearest, you know, like Whole Foods, there was this giant, giant sizes of unheard of flour brand that they brought in from a local, right. and their their sales went up four hundred percent during COVID, and they're like a two brother shop. Oh, they started they like, at almost nothing, so it's kind you of. You know cheating. what I mean? They'd sold one bag of flour before, it, and then they sold a couple, you know? so it's a huge increase. But yeah, yeah. No, yeah, well, okay, no, no. Supply and demand. When, uh, yeah, it was when, huge for them. You're right, on a small basis. For I sure. could have made my own toilet paper and sold it six months ago. Yeah, like. <laughs> but, but, but in terms of branding, nobody cared. Yeah. You know, that, uh, to your point, the good stuff went first. It's not a commodity when there's no supply. When the yeah. supply's out, there's yes. no, a commodity yes. has to have an excess of yes. supply. Yes, yes, yes. That's so, that's so smart. It's so true. But yeah, we, we certainly saw that with toilet paper. Mm. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so that's my last, you know, like parting advice is uh, don't make assumptions. Find out what really truly the pain is. If you can't, and you can talk to their suppliers or customers or somebody on the inside. But if you can't, then say what you're basing your assumption on and then demonstrate that you've done the strategic work. Right. So I'm seeing two kinds of pitches here. Um, one, you've done the strategic work. You have a pitch that you think fits the audience because you know the audience you're in front mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, um, hi, I work at Mountaintop Data. We provide data for business-to-business -business marketing. You know, who do you target? And I can get you a sample and count and cost for what we have for you. I, I did end with a question there and kind of the next step. But what about a pitch where, and I'm sure there's lots of problems with that. Well, let's put that aside. <laughs> what about a pitch where... Um, you don't know much about the person you're about to pitch. True elevator pitch. You're in the elevator and you're like, I think these guys might be in a, what about a pitch where you're really starting your pitch with questions rather than um, so, a pitch yeah, kind of. I mean, listen, if you have the ability to talk to someone, that's not an elevator pitch. That's just a conversation. And then you uh, could tailor it to, but an elevator pitch is when you're at a, at a we, there's no two way uh, right. ability, right? So you're, one to yeah. one, not an elevator pitch. No, you can now talk it's a to conversation. them. Yeah, I mean, you do okay. that anyway. But it's a problem where you have to present, like in these Zoom rooms, I'm telling you, or when you are in front of a buyer and you have to do a pitch and they have to pick you. Right, uh, so and, more than an elevator, yeah. it's more like a soapbox pitch where you have an audience in <laughs> yeah, front yeah. of you. You have to talk to all of them at once. Yeah, I call it the uh, stadium. You right. have the okay. microphone at so the stadium. 
that answers the question that you're saying that's not an elevator pitch. That's yeah, a different that's thing. Really, that's a conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love it. You caught me off guard with that one. I was not expecting that answer. <laughs> All right. Um, any last things you want to get out there before we wrap up? I've got a handful of things of yours I want to throw out, but anything else people should know about elevator pitches other than the repositioner.com slash bootcamp on July 3rd? Yes, I believe it's 13th and it's Monday and I can't wait. And thank you so much. I just want to thank you, like not only with this last, you know, doozy offer to spread it amongst your database, but your, that's, you know, like amazing database because that's what you do. But uh, just for um, being a great host. I mean, I talk to a lot of hosts. I just talked to a guy on a boat this morning. He was, he does a podcast from his boat. Sounds like the beginning of a joke. I know. And I talked like, to a guy I, on a boat. And I didn't want to ask, but I think his wife was sitting on the, on the head. They call it the head like behind him. <laughs> was he really on a boat or did he have one of those zoom backgrounds know. where he's on a yacht? <laughs> okay, come on. I don't know. He said he would, he said, go on YouTube to see the inside. But anyway, let me, let me put up my background where I'm on a yacht too. <laughs> I know. Well, but I, the point is, thank you so much for being a great host. And I it's, can see you're into fitness by the equipment in the bag. So good for oh, no. you. That's all my wife's equipment. In God the bless her. God I, bless her. I was her. given the closet in her gym to do my podcast. God bless her. <laughs> I recently started telling her I have Thor's body. Okay. But not the early Thor, the last movie. Oh, I didn't see that one. Where he let himself one. go. He let himself go. That's <laughs> got to be prosthetic. drinking beer and has a gut. No, and, yeah. I haven't seen this so, and I'm not going to. I'm, slop, I'm sloppy Thor. Yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. Well, use the darn ball in the corner. You're going to make me swear now. <sighs> I got to start exercising. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, like the guy was on a boat, you could be on those stability balls. Yeah. I mean, yes, I exercise a ton. This is all my stuff. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Like the podcast you can do, you know, on it. <laughs> I could walking treadmill on the podcast. Um, yeah. This was a blast. Uh, thank thank you, you for coming on so much. I love the topic. Um, so easy and fun to talk to you. I want to get all this stuff out. Everybody listening, check out the show notes on this one. Definitely check out this, um, this event, this boot camp coming up on elevator pitches, whether you're in sales or marketing. In fact, most of our listeners are marketing people. Mm -hmm. This is great for marketing, but share it with your sales team also. Yeah. Um, get they need them to work on their elevator pitch. Yeah. Don't, don't present them. it to them that way. They might take offense. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not remedial. It's fun. We're yeah. going to have fun. You can find the show notes and more information on Chala Dinkoy on ifyoumarket.com. And uh, please share the show on social media, tell a friend, spread it around for us. And on behalf of the If You Market team and Chala Dinkoy of Repositioner, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with a kick-ass <laughs> elevator pitch, they will come. <laughs> Love the tagline, man. I've never heard a tagline with a swear word in it. We dropped two of them in that one. Yeah. Is your data company ignoring and gouging you or gouging and ignoring you? Those are the main reasons our customers move from the previous list provider, Mountaintop Data's Top Data Search platform. What's Top Data Search? Well, with Top Data Search, you can search our database of 20 million plus business contacts and download lists with complete contact information. It's a convenient tool for both sales and marketing departments to get accurate lists. It's free to have an account. There's no annual contracts, no seat fees, Top Data Search is just easy access to accurate data. And when you reach out to us with questions, we actually give you answers. Visit topdatasearch.com and sign up for a free account with the coupon code IYM300 and get 300 free credits. Or if you're just curious, 
go to topdatasearch.com and run some searches on our open search tool, no account needed, by clicking the search now button. That's at topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.